Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Praise God. Well, you know, listen, we can continue to, uh, I'm hearing, uh, as I'm sure many of you have, uh, some pretty interesting and, and exciting reports about things that are going on in Asbury University up there in uh, Kentucky. And uh, Baruch Hashem, we're continuing to be in prayer for, for God's Ruach, God's Spirit to be poured out upon all flesh. Amen. We need it. We need a special uh, infilling of the, of the Spirit of God, and we need uh, a God to, to send revival um, amongst us. Uh, and so we're really excited about that. We've got some of our young adults who are actually heading up there this weekend. Proverbs chapter 24, I've got a word and a message for you that I believe is going to speak and minister to you. Let's hear what the Lord has to say uh, and to give to you here today. First of all, here's a pretty direct word from Grandpa, Grandpa Solomon, of course. You know, he's a distant relative of mine, but way back. I'm not that old. I didn't sit on his lap, okay? King Solomon, a pretty direct word, not very subtle. Some of the Proverbs, uh, Proverbs and James are my favorite books, Old and New Covenant, and both of them are pretty direct. Uh, You know, you get the sense that James, who is actually Jacob, as you know, Yaakov, Jay, you get the sense that Jacob and uh, Solomon are going to be friends up in heaven. Uh, that's my sense. Proverbs 24.10, if you falter in a day of adversity, your strength is small. <laughs> I love that. I love that. How subtle, huh? <laughs> Isn't that subtle? It's like, okay, all right. If you falter in a day of adversity, your strength is small. Okay, thanks, Grandpa. We appreciate that one, Saba. Okay, very interesting. You know, I've been talking about the fact of, of, of what's been going on here at Beth Hillel recently. It, it's very, very exciting, y'all. I, I, I feel as though we're entering into a new season here at Beth Hillel. Something really new has been going on. I think that many of you have sensed it, have fed that back to me. Uh, also, the congregation is is essentially just kind of refreshed. The congregation is renewed. I'm encouraged. I'm excited about it. Really good things seem to be happening here at Bethel. And I got to tell you, that thrills me to no end to see all the things going on, both at our Friday service, our Saturday service, uh, our online uh, presence. We're really seeing God doing something, and I'm absolutely thrilled about that. I've also received a number of wonderful, encouraging emails, uh, even even lately in the last few months, regarding some of the messages that the Lord has given me to bring on Shabbat, uh, that they've been particularly powerful, deep, and fresh. 
All glory to God. There's a reason I'm mentioning this. I don't say this to in any way to be self-congratulatory. On the contrary, I'm saying this to make a point, and you're going to understand why I even, would even say something like that, but it's to make a point. And, and, and here is the, the, the nexus of the point. It's been now over two months since I've had a, a guest speaker here at Bethel, over two months. In fact, other than when I've been out of town, it's been October since I've had a, a guest speaker. Now, Dr. Tucker, of course, we have the couples retreat next weekend. It's great. He's going to be coming in and he's going to be speaking on Shabbat also. But still, this is one of the longest stretches that I've gone without a guest speaker here at Bethel uh, in two decades. This is one of the longest stretches just with that, without any guest speaker. And w- why am I saying that? Let me, let me explain to you why I'm saying I'm just going to, I'm going to let you in a little bit behind the curtain, so to speak. And, and I'm just going to be very honest, very vulnerable with you. Let me tell you, just very truthfully, it's challenging to write messages every single week. <laughs> okay. Maybe, you know, sometimes my, my wife or our Revitson says, Whew, boy, I'm glad it's you. I, understand. I appreciate that. That's meant to encourage, I think. Uh, but, but especially, especially when people say that they sense that the messages have been particularly powerful, deep, and fresh, right? And because I, I write every message that I give. In fact, I, I, every message that I've ever given in my life, I've written from scratch, okay? And and, and that, but what that means is this, and there's a reason I'm saying this, but what that means is this. Every Sunday, I sit down in front of a blank piece of paper. <laughs> every Sunday. And let me tell you, it, it comes quick. It's like, wow, every Sunday. Now, of course, I don't actually handwrite. It's on a computer monitor. You, I sit in front of a blank monitor. You understand? It's completely empty. I turn on the computer. I open up Word document. And I'm hoping, is there going to be something there that's always blank when I open Word? It's always just an empty white page with nothing on it. Absolutely nothing. Very, very interesting. And let me give you a word that I have to battle. I'm going to give you a word that I have to battle. But, 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 but here's the thing, is that it's my belief that it's not just me. But many of you also battle this in your lives as well. Here is the word. Pressure. pressure. Even King Solomon tells us, if we falter when adversity comes, our strength is too small. Well, let me tell you, friends, adversity comes our way. Pressure comes our way. Exodus chapter 32, please. Exodus 32. Pressure. I know nobody can relate to that word at all. No. What pressure? What's that? I don't even know what that is. Oh, I know you do. I know you do. Exodus chapter 32. Okay, so you know the story. Moses was on Mount Sinai getting the law, the Ten Commandments, etc. from God. However, it took him a while. 
Verse one, now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said to him, get up, make us gods who will go before us. As for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's become of him. Pressure, 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 Aaron. Aaron, do you feel the pressure, Bubba? Oh, what did the brother of Moses do? What did the brother of Moses do? Verse two. So Aaron said to them, uh, break off golden rings that are in the ears of your wives, your sons and your daughters. Bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden rings that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. He received them from their hand and made a molten calf fashioned from, uh, with a chiseling tool. Then they said, this is your God, Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Oh, boy, boy. Unreal. Aaron succumbed to the pressure. He succumbed to the pressure. I did really, as did really all the children of Israel, but Aaron in particular, he succumbed to the pressure. 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 It reminds me of that old Billy Joel song. I don't know if you know. Pressure. You know that song? No, I'm aging myself a little bit. Okay. It's kind of before my time, actually. In any case, Billy... It's if, if, you, if you actually uh, study the genesis of that song, Billy was actually trying to write new music for a new album, and he got stuck. And he was stuck, and he had this writer's block, and he couldn't write, and, it was, and, 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 and he felt such immense pressure, and, and out came the song. <laughs> That's how that song came about uh, for him. It's very interesting. Beloved, pressure is something that most of us can relate to on some level. I believe that all of you at some point and in some situation, in some area of your life, at some point in your life, have experienced a great deal of pressure at one time or another. And oftentimes, it's not even the pressure to do something wrong like, like Aaron had and like Aaron did in the case of Aaron. Sometimes the pressure is just to sustain the things that are going right in your life. That in and of itself carries a great deal of pressure upon you. One of the greatest things about Yeshua is that he really understands where we're at. He understands us. He, he really uh, can relate to us wherever we are because let me tell you something, y'all, <laughs> and maybe this is self-evident. Yeshua had a measurable pressure on him, a measurable pressure. One of the greatest, greatest examples of Yeshua's humanity comes to us as he's about to be arrested and executed, right before he's about to essentially be arrested, go to the execution stake for us, right before Luke chapter 22. But before this happens, before Yeshua is going to be arrested, right before he's going to be arrested, he spends some time in prayer, Moshiach, Messiah himself. And we're not going to go through the whole account of his prayer, but one of the things he says in Luke 22, verse 41, it says, And he pulled back about a stone's throw from them, got on his knees and began to pray, Yeshua did, saying, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Mm. Wow. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you something. Straight up, 
Yeshua felt the pressure. He felt the pressure. But remember this, pressure itself is not sin. Feeling pressure is not sinning. He was feeling the pressure uh, as to what he was called to do. He was feeling the pressure of what the Lord had called him to do. But it was weighty. The pressure was weighty on him. It was so much so that he said, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from before me. Wow, the, the, the pressure that he felt. I mean, listen, he was about to, uh, uh, understandably, he was about to take on the sins of the world upon him. So, okay, that's more pressure than any of us have by a magnitude of about a gazillion. And that's rounded down. <laughs> but, but the point is, is that still he felt this pressure. It was very weighty. So he understands when you feel pressure. Even if it's a good thing, like writing a, a sermon, that's a good thing. See, the only way my sermons work is if they're anointed by the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, not my own ability. God has given me and you certain natural giftings and abilities, but if we operate solely in our own giftings, there's a limit there's kind of like a max that we can hit. Even if we're gifted in an area, we may excel in that area to a, to a certain extent. But it requires the Lord's intervention if we're really going to be taken to a level that is beyond ourselves. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah. It was weighty, though. This pressure was weighty. And truth be told, friends, most of us, most of you have experienced some kind of pressure, some level of pressure, career pressure, perfectionism pressure, relationship pressure, expectations pressure, time pressure. Health pressure, financial pressure, responsibility pressure, internal pressure, pressure. I want to give you some strategies to help you deal with that pressure. Because I think in today's society, more than ever, we feel pressure in different areas of our life. And sometimes we don't even consciously think, I'm under pressure right now. But even when I go through that list, some of you were like, no, I can't relate to that, can't relate to, oh, I can relate to that one. Yeah, I feel that. I didn't really think about it, but now that Rabbi just said it, I feel it. Yep, that's right, that's what I'm feeling. And if not, at a certain point you will. This is, this is life in the, in the real world today. I like to preach a message that's practical. I like to preach a message that's going to help you in your daily life, not some pie-in-the-sky theoretical thing, something practical that can help us. And, and let me tell you, this is something that all of us deal with, all of you who are watching on the internet. I know you deal with that. Some of you maybe stumble onto this stream. This one is for you. F some strategies to help you deal with pressure in your life. 
Here's strategy number one to help you deal. I'm giving you practical things. If I don't typically encourage you one way or another. Some people write things down, some people don't. You may want to jot just down just these few little strategies. Strategy number one to help you deal with pressure, ask some others to help you. That's strategy number one. Ask some others to help you. Ask somebody to help you. Exodus chapter 17, Exodus 17. That can help you deal with pressure. In Exodus chapter 17, the Israelites had only recently crossed the Red Sea, having been freed from Egypt. And right after they, I mean, you, you think about this, the timing of this, we, we think of it separately, and it's, it's, not, it's not really even, it's not even mentioned uh, in the Ten Commandments, the movie with Charlton Heston, so you don't think it happened, but it's actually in the Bible. <laughs> You got the 10 plagues, you got the crossing of the Red Sea, but before they reach Mount Sinai, on their way to Mount Sinai, they're already come under attack from the Amalekites. Are you kidding me? Almost immediately after crossing the Red Sea, they come under attack by the Amalekites. Man, wow, we don't even think about that. And God performed a miracle through Moses during the battle between these slaves a few weeks ago, Egyptian slaves a few weeks ago, now freed crossing the Red Sea after the 10 plagues and the miracles, every, but haven't made it to Mount Sinai yet, but boom, they suddenly are attacked. They're having a fight and battle with swords and stuff. It, it's just unbelievable how, how much it just happened to our people. So let's pick up the story, uh, and this is the miracle. Exodus 17, 9, Moses, uh, chapter 17, verse 9. Moses said to Joshua, choose men, go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Remember the staff, right? So Joshua did as Moses said and fought the Amalekites while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. When Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. But when he let down his hand, the Amalekites prevailed. Whoa, there's some kind of weird miracle going on with Moses' hands being up. Moses' hands grew heavy. So they took a stone, put it under him, and he sat down. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on each side. So his hands were steady until the sun went down. So Joshua overpowered the Amalekites and his army with the edge of the sword. Wow, 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 what an amazing story. This supernatural miracle that had to do with Moses keeping his arms with that staff up in the air. Remember, friends, you gotta remember that Moses had just led Israel through the 10 plagues, let my people go, right, with Pharaoh. How stressful did that have to be? And then the crossing of the Red Sea. Man, what was the crossing of the Red Sea? That was unbelievable. You'd think at, by this time, Moses would say, man, I am tired. Man, I am tired. Don't you think Moses would say that? It just makes sense. Moses would say, man, I am wore out. Are you kidding me? Get somebody else to handle this. I'm on vacation. <laughs> right? I mean, it really just makes, the, the guy had to be ex mentally, physically, emotionally exhausted, and that would be understandable if he were this way. 
But fr- friends, sometimes you get attacked when it's inconvenient to you. Sometimes you get attacked when it's inconvenient for you. The pressure was immense. The pressure on Moses was immense. And then when his hands were raised, Israel was winning in battle. Yay, a miracle. But when he lowered his hand, they were losing. This wasn't some theoretical exercise. People were dying. His people, who he had just brought out of slavery in Egypt, were dying when he lowered his hands, can you imagine the pressure on Moses? I, I, can, I, can, just, I can just imagine that, that that's like torturous pressure. This is like something they do in a torture chamber or something. This is, this is something you'd see on Rambo. <laughs> you know, he, you can imagine he had the staff in his hand. He was probably like, you could just picture, you know how, how when your, your muscles get wore out, they start shaking? You can imagine he was probably like, I can't hold my arms up anymore. I mean, seriously, but, but this was like real, real life. And, and he's like, you, you, you can totally picture the, the pressure on this poor guy. The pressure on this poor guy. But Israel won because Moses had others share the burden with him. Sometimes this is the way for you to relieve pressure off of yourself. Sometimes you need your brothers and sisters to hold your arms up for you and with you. Sometimes you need somebody to come alongside of you to say, yes, and I will hold up your hand right now when you are weak. He was under immense pressure. It wasn't because he was doing anything wrong either. He was being totally right. But he had somebody come. He had two people on each side come and help him. Covering pressures in today's world are real. And I know you feel it. I know you feel it. Sometimes you got to be willing to humble yourself and ask for help from others. Some people are too proud to ask for help. I've seen this over the years in ministry sometimes. Sometimes people are too proud to ask for help, please don't be. But what if they say no, Rabbi? What if I ask somebody for help and they say no? Then you're no worse off than before you asked. What have you lost? Nothing. And by the way, let me add this to the story. If you ask somebody for help, don't judge them if they say no. How about that? Don't judge them if they say no. Why? Because brothers and sisters, you don't know what pressure they are dealing with at the moment. Maybe they're dealing with a lot of pressure. Oh, come on, they're doing extremely well and, and they're, they're well off and they, 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 they look all great when they come into services and or that they seem like they've got everything together you don't know what's going on in people with people inside of people maybe they're struggling with great depression maybe they're struggling financially and they, they, they haven't even told you maybe there's something internal maybe it's a relational issue they've got immense pressure in their lives and, and they're just not in, in a position right now to help that's okay 
If somebody says no, it's okay. Please don't judge them. Please don't get angry at them. Please don't, don't, don't hold anything against them. That's where they're praying for them. At the same time, be willing to ask for and receive help from others. That's a great way to deal with pressure. That's method one. Here's the second strategy to help you deal with pressure. <laughs> it may seem simple, but I'm telling you, it, it, it takes intentionality. Here it is. Release the pressure. Uh, my wife, our Rebson, has one of these, what do they call these pressure cookers that you, Instapot, right, okay. She's got one of these Instapots. It's all the rage now. You, you, you've heard of them, right? Okay. And so, and some of you have, okay. So she's got the Instapot, and then at a certain point, once the thing is ready, she pulls the thing and whoosh, the steam comes out and that the pressure that, it, that it's been cooking in is, is released. And, and you just gotta hit the valve to release the pressure, and you don't want to put your hand right above that because it could burn your hand. I, 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 obviously, I'm not a cook. You, you know that, okay? Uh, I, I'll tell you how bad a, a chef I am. When I uh, am, am sometimes with Tiffany, and, 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 I, and she's got it on the TV, you know, some of these master chef TV shows, you know, they have the, all these great TV shows, chef. When I start watching it with her, the people do terrible. That's how bad a cook I am, okay? I'm just even around it, and they're like, they, oh, no, the cake fell over. Well, okay, I guess I need to leave. <laughs> okay, strategy number two, release the pressure. Uh, Daniel chapter three, Daniel chapter three, please. <laughs> the three Jewish boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were about to be thrown into a fiery furnace. <laughs> There's a little pressure. Why were they about to be thrown into the fiery furnace? For not bowing to the idols. For not bowing to the idols. For not bowing to King Nebuchadnezzar. And so that's why they were about to be thrown into a fiery furnace. That's some serious pressure. King Nebuchadnezzar gave them an ultimatum, bow or die. Bow or be thrown into the fiery furnace. Bow or be thrown into the fiery furnace. That's the choice, very simple. It's very, how did they respond? See, how they respond reveals something that gives us a strategy for how to deal with pressure. And it is this, Daniel chapter three, verse 16. King Nebuchadnezzar gave him the ultimatum. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king saying, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, that's the king. We do not need to answer you concerning this matter. What? If it is so, our God, whom we serve, is able to save us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Yet even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods nor worship the golden image that you set up. Very interesting. We know what happens, of course. He threw the men. The, the Lord effectively uh, saved them. Okay, but, but my point is not even the end of the story. It's, it's a great ending, but, but, but even to their point, that doesn't really matter. How did they respond? This is how they responded. We trust in God. Beyond this, it is what it is. King. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. I love how they said, Hey, king, 
we don't even need to answer you regarding these matters. We don't even need to answer you. There's our reply to your question. Pressure? What pressure? <laughs> There's no pressure. I don't even need, we don't even need to answer you regarding this. Hey, listen, King, we trust in God. Beyond that, it is what it is. If he can save us, and he'll save us. But even if he doesn't, still not doing it. Still not bowing. So you know what, King? Sorry, not sorry. It is what it is. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Now, friends, of course, that requires immense faith. They're about to be thrown into a fiery furnace. That's immense faith. That's why you all want to meet Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in heaven and just to give them a, a handshake and a little hug and say, wow, man, how'd you do that? Unbelievable. But friends, this can be applied to our life on a smaller level, depending on what it is that you're going through. Oftentimes, oftentimes, this is one of the things that I've learned, and my mom uh, of blessed memory, Mastati, one of the things that she taught me is, and, and Rabbi E used to say this as well, I can only do what I can do. When it comes to pressure, y'all, and, and sometimes we have this pressure that's put upon us externally or internally. Friends, sometimes it's useful to, to think and say, you know, I can only do what I can do and that's all I can do. Some things are out of your hands. Some things you do not have time for. Sometimes I look at my emails, and, and there's so many emails, and people who want, sometimes people want to, Rabbi, I've, let's get together for lunch. I'd love to. I can't. I can't. Is there pressure? Of course, all these emails to, to catch up with everything. I'm, I'm still behind on that. But you know what? I can only do what I can do. Is there pressure to, to catch up with all these emails and to do all the different things? One of the things we're still working on is I'm still working on Oneg. We're just about, a uh, hint here, we're real close to getting the Chavaraz all sorted out. I'm real excited about what's coming up with the Chavaraz. But we still have Oneg. The gift shop is, is still in the process of being remodeled. We have a lot of things we're working on. Some of the things on the building, is, a, a, is that pressure? Yeah, I feel the pressure. But you know what? I can only do what I can do. And you know what, if, it, if, if, it, if we don't have it yet, I'm sorry, I can only do what I can do. But that's a pressure release. Otherwise, if you internalize that and you just keep, oh, oh boy, oh no, and you feel almost like a self-condemnation, that's not healthy. Friends, we can only do what we can do. Beyond this, the chips will fall where they may. If God saves us from the furnace, then great. If he doesn't, we still won't bow. We still won't bow. If you've done everything that you can reasonably do, you need to tangibly let go of the feelings of pressure. Intentionally release it. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the uh, I'm going to give you a cheat code. Here's the truth. It's in God's hands anyway. You do your part, and then you trust in him. You do whatever you can. I'm not saying be lazy. Don't get me wrong. 
You do everything you can do. And then, you know what? It's in your hands, Lord. I've done what I can do. Dude, that's a pressure releaser. Why? It's, it's not all waiting on your shoulders. You've got to intentionally, though, release it. Some of you have been carrying weight, perhaps for a, for a pre-believing relative or, 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 or other situation, and you've been carrying that weight, and it weighs you down. That's, release it. Do what you can do. Do what you can do. But then you got to intentionally, you know what? I can't handle this. I'm going to do, Lord, this is yours. If, 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 if you save me from the fiery furnace, Baruch Hashem, I know you will and can. But even if you don't, I'm still going to praise your name. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You see? That's a pressure release, y'all. Luke chapter 5. Here, here's the third strategy to relieve pressure. And trust me, I'm preaching to myself with the whole message. Take some time away. <laughs> Take some time away. That, that's a pressure releaser. Even Messiah, Yeshua, even Yeshua? Yep. Luke 5, verse 15. I want you to think about this. But the news about Yeshua was spreading all the more, and many crowds were coming together to hear and to be healed of their diseases. Yet he, being Yeshua, would often slip away into the wilderness and pray. Hmm, it's pretty interesting. Sometimes to relieve the pressure, you need to get away. <laughs> Whatever that means or looks like in your life, sometimes you've got to get away. And I'm, I'm not talking about the Lenny Kravitz song. I want to get away. <laughs> These weird songs. Now, now you, you know, somebody might say when they look at this scripture, wow, wasn't that selfish of Yeshua? I mean, wasn't that selfish of him? I mean, think about it. I mean, the crowds were coming to be taught by him and to be healed by him. Doesn't he care enough to help them? You think about that for just a minute there. That's not a completely unreasonable point. Hold on. Yeshua is the Messiah. Didn't he come to, to heal and to help people and teach them? All these people are coming to him. And then he essentially goes, Neep. no, sends him away, slips away to an isolated place. What about all those people that were, that were still in the and with their diseases that he could have healed had he stayed, but he didn't. Isn't that rather selfish of him? Doesn't he care enough to help them? Yes, he does. But even the greatest among us need time away. And the nature of this passage is not subtle. It doesn't leave us room for subtlety or some kind of equivocation. It says that Yeshua would often, by the way, often here means often. <laughs> he often would slip away. 
when you slip away, the implication is that it's against others' wishes. It's, if, if you will, it's against the pressure. You know there was pressure for him to stay. You know there was pressure for him to, to heal and to teach. You know there was great pressure. And yet it says he often, Bruce, often, not like, you know, once every couple years, often. His whole ministry in our earth essentially was around three years-ish. And it says even within that, it was often. This wasn't a once-a-year vacation. He often slipped away. Often. Friends, let me also say this. People who were hurting were not wrong for wanting to be near Yeshua. The throngs of crowd, they were not wrong for wanting to be near Yeshua. At the same time, neither was it wrong for Yeshua to often slip away into the wilderness. That was also not wrong. Very important to understand, to relieve some of that. And of course, what did he do? He prayed. He went off to the wilderness and he prayed. Friends, as a side note, this is strategy three, I put in my notes, strategy 3B, okay? Prayer and worship also recharges you if you're feeling pressure. As our Messiah said, as our Messiah demonstrated, he went into a, a solitary place. Other translations say a solitary place. He went all by himself often. He slipped away by himself often to pray. Okay, so he went, he, he, he had to have some time with him and the Lord, him, him and his father, right? And, and, uh, and he spent some time in prayer. Y'all, sometimes to relieve pressure, my 3B on getting away, sometimes you can't fully get away. You, you know, you have so many vacation days, I get it, okay? Uh, even on weekends, you're oftentimes full, but try to get away, even if it's a day or two. I, one of my mentors from, from Israel, Rabbi Eitan, uh, once a week set aside, or and it was sometimes once every two weeks, set aside like four days that he would just go off on his own. And he had a, he had a place that he could stay, for a while. What about, and I asked him, you know, I was learning, I was in training to be the rabbi. What about the congregation? You're just kind of leaving them for that long on a, that often a basis? He says, it's some time for me and the Lord. I can better, I'll be better to serve the congregation when I have that. It's like, whew, wow, okay. You know, not many people, not many people do that to that level, right? Right, but, but the point is, is that when you get away and you spend some time in prayer, worship, that's a great way to relieve pressure. Sometimes if you can't get away, though, for a couple days, what you can do is turn on some Hashir, <laughs> turn on some Marty Getz, turn on some McKedem, turn on some Paul Wilbur, turn on some believing music of any kind, right? Turn on some of this... Uh, so turn on some of this wonderful, wonderful music that lifts you into the throne room of God. What is that? That's a little bit getting away. Worship and prayer also. That's 3B. Number four, strategy for relieving pressure. Maybe it seems self-evident. Ask God for help. 
ask God for help. Second Chronicles chapter 1. Second Chronicles, not Corinthians, but Chronicles chapter 1. Talk about King Solomon. Saba. King Solomon was new in his reign, and God told him to ask for whatever he wanted, and God would give it to him. That's an amazing offer. Whew, man. Right, Joshua? God says, name what you want. I'll give it to you. Whatever you want. Wow, that's, that's an intense offer. So what did Solomon say? In 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 8, Solomon answered God, you have shown great loving kindness to my father David, and now you have made me king in his place. Now, Adonai Elohim, let your words to my father David be fulfilled, for you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people, for who can govern this great people of yours? See, Solomon knew that the pressure to govern Israel was immense. The pressure to govern Israel was immense. He was David's son. The pressure was immense. Israel was the greatest country in the world at that time. Incredibly powerful, powerfully, powerful militarily. And, and, and with that, what does he ask God for with his one wish, we'll call it? He asks for wisdom, wisdom as how to lead the people, God's people. That's what he asks for. To relieve the pressure, he asks God for help. The pressure was immense on Solomon. Immense pressure. He asked God, God, I need your help. I need wisdom. I need help. I need wisdom. He asked God for help for the pressure. God is so impressed with this answer that in the following verses, he says, okay, I like that answer. I like that answer. How much do I like that answer? He says, Solomon is going to be the wisest man ever to live. And he also gives Solomon what he did not ask for, great riches and honor. He said, you didn't even ask for that, but because you asked for something like that, wisdom to, to lead my people, first of all, I'm going to make you the wisest man ever to live, before or after, that's what it says uh, in Kings. Also, great riches and honor, like no one, like no one. Beloved, when you feel the pressure, ask God for help. And when you feel more pressure, Ask God for help again. Ask God for help. He is blessed when you humble yourself and ask for his help. He is, let me say it again. He is blessed when you humble yourself and ask for his help. Because when you ask for God's help, what are you essentially saying? You're essentially saying, I can't do it on my own. I can't do it on my own. I, I haven't got what it takes to do it on my own. I need some help. What is that? That's humbling yourself. That impresses God when we humble ourselves. And boom, he's willing to, to bless us and to, to relieve that pressure. And speaking of that, that leads me to my fifth and final strategy for relieving pressure in your life. And that is give that pressure to God. Give that pressure to God. 
First Peter chapter five. First Peter five. First Peter chapter five. And by the way, you can use multiple strategies on any one pressure. <laughs> That's my prescription. <laughs> Give the pressure to God. First Peter chapter five, verse six says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he may lift you up at the appropriate time. Cast all your worries on him for he cares for you. <laughs> I remember Phil Klein of Blessed Memory had a, had a song, Just Give It to God. That was the song. Just give it. That was the chorus. Just give it to God. Leo Lombayad. Just give it to God. Just give it to God. That is often done very intentionally. You have to do it intentionally. This is not a passive kind of a thing. God, I give this situation to you. I can't handle it. I can't fix it. I can't do it. I give it to you, Lord. You know better than me, God. Your thoughts are deeper than my thoughts, Lord. I lean not on my own understanding. My own understanding, no. In all my ways, I will acknowledge you, Lord. You will direct my paths. I can't take this burden, God. Take this pressure from me, God. Take this pressure from me. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. He cares for you. He loves you. <laughs> Guess what? Well, God gave me a message this week. <laughs> even after so many weeks in a row and is it as powerful as the recent messages have been will it be transformative will people like it you know what not going there at all not going there at all because you know what it's not about me anyway it's about the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. Title of my message is Pressure. Let's bow our heads. I want to ask if there's anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. If you've never given your life to God, how about today? If that's you and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, but you'd like to raise your hand and we'll have a simple prayer. If you've never said that prayer to say, yes, I want to receive Messiah Yeshua into my heart, to believe in him, to ask him to forgive me of my sins, but you want to lift your hand, if that's you, if you haven't done so. Perhaps you're watching online and you've never said that prayer. Just repeat this simple prayer after me. Say, dear God, I humbly come before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Forgive me of my sins, God. I'm sorry. 
I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, God, in Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, if you're watching online, please send us an email or a, some kind of a message we want to celebrate with you or be the podcast either way. And if you were in here, you couldn't get your hand up, but you said that prayer, see me after the service. I want to celebrate with you. Lord God, in the name of Yeshua, I pray for each and every person in here and watching online or via podcast. Lord, that pressure that we all feel, that pressure, that pressure that's so constant. God, it can, it can seem overwhelming at times. It can lead to uh, total condemnation. It can lead to serious, serious mental anguish and, uh, and pain. Uh, and it can lead to depression. Um, and, uh, and so, Lord, uh, I, I pray, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we utilize these tools you've given us to relieve pressure, like that valve coming off that, that pot that the, the pressure comes off of. And, Lord, the, that pressure valve, Lord, you've given us techniques, Lord, to, to handle the pressure and to deal with it, Lord. God, be it asking others to help us, Lord, to, to tangibly and intentionally just release the pressure, come what may. Take some time away. Ask God for help. And or just give, give, the, give the pressure to God whilst having prayer and worship. Thank you, Lord God, for these techniques for helping us with the pressure we deal with on our lives. Oh, Lord, let us be able to take a full deep breath because we don't have it all on our shoulders. No, no, no. Thank you, Lord. That's relieving. We bless you, God, for all these things, and we thank you for them. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah, or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Nine, 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 nine.